Hi, my name is Frankie. Thank you for listening to my mom. I never listen. One-on-one in the Valley with Debbie Antonelli, and I'm so pleased to be joined today by the head coach of UIC in her first year as head coach, Ashleen Bracey. Ashleen, thank you so much for being with us, and we're so glad that you could uh, join us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. So uh, eight and one, not bad for a first-year head coach sliding over those 18 inches that everybody talks about. Tell me what that's been like with this team so far early on. Um, just an amazing experience, um, overall, uh, just, I feel just so blessed that, um, at the buy-in that I'm getting, um, you know, taking over a program, uh, where last year they, they went two and 25, I believe, um, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't necessarily expect, um, you know, to, I guess, get the hearts of these kids so quickly. Um, but you know, they are so hungry for change. And I think that's been the biggest difference. Um, they're willing to do whatever, um, they're bought in and they're doing it for each other. Uh, there's no agendas on this team and it's just a, it's a fun situation to be around right now. You said something that's really key right now is heart. Uh, it's hard to measure heart. You know, there's all kinds of recruiting services out there and there's a lot of way that ways that kids are evaluated. But when you're talking about the character of how somebody works and their determination, how do you, how did you get their hearts? Um, I think I walked into um, just a, a really good situation where they were tired of losing, to be 100% honest with you. And um, I think that, of course, um, you know, my coaching style is to build relationships with my players. And so I, I think that obviously, you know, they enjoy that aspect of it. And there's a, a comfort piece um, that has helped me sort of get their hearts. But um, I think it's just been a nice combination of being tired of losing um, seeing a vision, um, being willing to buy into the vision, um, and building relationships and just doing it for each other. Um, and it's just, it's sort of coming together for us right now. So when you look at your numbers right now at eight and one, um, as your record, um, you've built some pretty good offensive and defensive habits. You're holding teams less than 55%. You're shooting better than 45. You're not getting teams, uh, on the free throw line. It just looks like it is, the early stages of what you have to build on. How do you get them to, how do you teach those offensive and defensive habits so that they stay consistent in in keeping up with what you want to do? Um, So first off, we started very, very simple. um, And I plan to keep it simple because obviously with me being first year, um, having three transfers um, and then, you know, just not having a ton of time to build a a system. um, Simplicity, I think uh, goes a long way. And we hit, we hit on those offensive um, schemes and strategies every single day. Um, you know, so it's, it's starting to become ingrained in their minds. And then now I feel like at this point, it's just cleaning up timing, um, which I feel like we're a long ways from, from hitting. Like as I watch it, it just seems, um, <laughs> oh, just sometimes just, we need to play with more pace. You know, we need to nail screens. We need to separate quicker. And so now we can really get into sort of slowing things down in practice and uh, really working on the timing of our offense. And then defensively, I mean, defense is just sort of always been at the heart of my coaching uh, 
strategy. Uh, I love defense. We preach it every day. Um, and, and, you know, these are some defensive minded kids. If you look at sort of what they did last year um, as a team, um, you know, they were they were a defensive team. They changed defenses. They, they guard full court. Um, so it sort of just translates really well. In order to come up with the way you want to play, and you can write it down on paper, and then obviously some personnel with this being your first year, some you inherited, some you've been able to get through the portal. Who are some of your influences in how you want to play the game? Yeah, that's a good question. So, I mean, my my entire assistant coaching and playing career has pretty much been um, under one coaching tree, uh, which is Robin Pinchton. Um, and I worked for Randy Norton, who also worked for Robin Pinchton. Um, and, you know, I would say they're the two biggest. Um, I will say, um, you know, they're very motion style coaches. I will say I did not feel that I had the personnel um, to come in here right away and run motion. Um, and so, you know, what we're doing, we, we run around a, a lot of point offense. Um, and I feel that it has some motion tendencies in it. So it has some freedom for some read and react, but it's a lot more structured. Um, and, you know, I, I, I decided on that offense just because I felt like it, it fit our personnel, but also, um, you know, I could kind of control things a little bit more from the, from the bench, if that made sense. So, yeah, it makes a lot of sense when you're trying to put in um, a culture of, of winning and not having exactly the personnel that you want to have. So this is a question I love to ask coaches because I think you just hit on something that I, I think is really pivotal in our, pivotal in our game, and that is, is the game science or is the game art? You know, motion is art, read, react, um, be able to get to the second level, be able to make plays. But what, what I hear you saying is you're taking the science and the analytical approach to it this year so that you can get your kids in the best position to succeed and you can be a, a really good play caller. Is that Absolutely. true? Absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, I, and again, I think, like you just said, I think you're, you get really good uh, when the game becomes art to you, but I think that takes a lot of time. Um, and so, you know, that's something that hopefully as we, you know, continue to grow together, um, it can become a little bit more art, a little bit less science, make my job easier. Um, but, you know, at this point, yeah, a, a nice mix of that. And then of course, you know, after you run a set or, you know, um, a quick hitter or whatever, play breaks down, you need a kid out there that can make a play. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we do have kids on this team that, you know, um, they play out of things well and, um, you know, they're able to, to, to make some things happen for us. So how's my rim running Asia Wilson, like Jada McLeod looking uh, early on, because when we were at media day, that was something that I really challenged her um, to, to get a double, double. It looks like she's just shy of 10 points and about seven rebounds to lead you. How's she doing? Yeah. Uh, you know, she's, she's doing great in the sense that um, she's, she's bought in, she's working hard. Um, do I feel that she's adjusting to our system still? And there's um, just a lot of thinking going on right now. Yes. Uh, you know, Jada is, is very used to everything being built around her um, based on, you know, her, her, her previous two years. Mm -hmm. And so she's learning how to play with other good talent right now. And, and she is going through a little bit of an, an adjustment period, but she is, the attitude is great. Um, you know, her desire to watch film. Um, and, and the exciting thing is I do not feel that she's playing at her potential right now. And so mm -hmm. when she does get comfortable, um, I just think that makes us that much better. Yeah, I just remember watching film with her at Media Day and the clips that I picked were 
all about versatility. And I know you know all about putting players in positions like that. So let me go back to Robin Pinchson because um, we we both have a strong affinity for Robin and who she is as a person and how she teaches and and what she who she is really and how she goes about putting things together. Uh, when you think about Robin and the time you spent playing for at Illinois State and then, you know, working with her at Missouri, you know, what are two or three things that you know are non-negotiables that you have taken from Robin that you are employing with your own team? Um, This is probably going to sound crazy. um, And I think this one sort of thought covers all three um, because I think it's that crucial um, that it's really not about winning. If you take your focus off of winning, winning becomes the byproduct of sort of what you do. And that's what we've done here. We don't talk about winning at all. Um, We talk about a a phrase that I use quite often with my team is put first things first. And so we really focus on just how we go about our day-to-day business, um, becoming champions off the court, um, you know, being, uh, you know, champions in the classroom, um, how we communicate with each other, how we present ourselves, how we respond to mistakes, how we celebrate each other, um, you know, that's our focus. And um, that has been what Robin has instilled in me um, since I was a player. And, um, you know, it's really hard to do as a coach sometimes because obviously you want to win so bad and you're competitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think if you put that sort of, um, not on the back burner, but if you focus on first things and the things that I talked about, I think that winning becomes your byproduct. And um, I think that, you know, either way you have an opportunity to be successful. You know, for Robin, it's always been about impacting lives. Um, it's always been about, you know, who, who her kids are when they leave her program. Um, and so that's something that, you know, she, I had the amazing opportunity to play for her and for her to impact my life and her to be a huge reason why I'm sitting in this seat. Um, and so I just, I, I take the same approach with my kids and, you know, it's about developing them into, you know, successful young women that can go out and, and do whatever they want to do in this world and, and be successful and be good people. It sounds so Robin Pinchton like it's almost like when Kelly Harper speaks now, I swear I hear Pat Summit. So uh, that's a that's a really nice compliment, uh, Coach Bracey. That's pretty cool. Um, So. All right. Now let's let's get down to a couple of brass tacks about the Missouri Valley, because this is going to be your first go around in the league and the league's not easy. And the coaches in, in the league are really tremendous. You know, as a player, you had great success. You're familiar with the league. It's not like going into any of these gyms are going to be new for you, but some of the styles of play, how far in advance, because I'm sure you didn't have full control of your non-conference schedule uh, since you got in um, and athletic director, director, Michael Lippitz, when he hired you, you know, probably had some games already um, scheduled or some games were already in. So when you're, when you're looking at the Missouri Valley and you're trying to, you know, not think about how large a task it is, but remembering that this group of kids only won two games last year, where do you put your focus early on in the early part of the Valley schedule? I think just chipping away. I mean, I think it's, and and honestly, I have not done much thinking ahead, which that might be a negative thing. Um, But I I do think just as a first year head coach, um, just staying focused in the moment is just incredibly important. Um, But my goal with these kids is just to get 1% better every day. And I put a lot of pressure on myself, you know, after a game, after practice to go and figure out 
how I get them 1% better that next day and to make sure our practice plans are on point and that we're hitting all the things that we need to hit or that we may see. Um, our non-conference schedule, I feel like, has really prepared us for the Valley. We've played a lot of different styles of play. Uh, we've seen pressure. We've seen, uh, you know, teams that really pack the paint and take away, you know, high percentage shots. So, I mean, I just think it's just continue to try and figure out how to put this team in a position to get a little bit better each day and continue to focus on first things first and, um, you know, take one game at a time. Cause you know, a 20, a 20, uh, game schedule, I mean, it's going to be tough. It's going to come down to consistency yeah. and, um, you know, keeping our kids fresh, um, both physically and mentally. Um, and so I just, I just think I have to take the day to, the day by day approach. When people watch your teams play, what do you want them to see? I want to, I want them to see a team that plays for 40 minutes. Um, and to be honest, I think that's what I'm most proud of. Um, and, and I think that's why we do stand at eight and one, um, you know, it has not, it, it rarely has been pretty. Um, if you go back and, and, and watch us, <laughs> but we just have developed this mentality, this next play mentality, this stick together. If, if you pay attention to sort of our huddles and how we come together at dead balls, um, timeout situations, it's very tight knit. It's very solution oriented. Um, you know, we don't, we just don't hang our hat on mistakes. Uh, we play the game hard. We play it gritty. Uh, we defend, um, and, you know, we try and get, you know, high percentage shots. Our post play has been great for us. Um, you know, so it's, it's those things it's, um, playing together. I mean, I want you to be able to watch our team and see a team that's tight knit. Mm -hmm. And the last thing is there's a lot of parody in the game, right? I mean, I am all over the country watching teams on the men and the women's side. And what it comes down to is situations, end of game execution. How much time are you spending? Cause I'm going to tell you right now, you're probably going to be in a lot of tight games in the Valley. How much time are you spending on situations and the detail that comes at the end of the game so your kids know whether you do or don't want to call timeout to advance the ball? Uh, when you're up three, are you going to foul? Uh, do, are you going for two for one situations in certain, you know, end of game situations? Like all the stuff that comes down to how much do you practice that? Uh, we practice it quite a bit um, and we've been practicing it since, you know, day one of practice. Um, as you said, I mean, if you can get your team to hang around, um, if you have them on the same page, end of game, uh, you got a shot. Um, and so I think that, and especially with the ability to advance the ball, um, I just think that's incredibly important. And we spend a lot of time on that, both in practice, shoot arounds, uh, we watch film on it. Um, I think that's, that's, that's huge. And it's going to be huge, as you said, um, in Valley play. Well, I'm excited about watching your team. Um, I know you're getting excited for the holidays with your group. It's going to be a happy Christmas if you can keep winning because you've won five in a row. So uh, it's exciting to watch what you've been able to do, Ashley, and I'm really happy for you. And I'm glad that uh, Michael Lippitz made a great choice as the athletic director at UIC in selecting you. We wish you well. Thank you so much, Debbie. I appreciate it.